Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. My guest today is Dr. Bill Schillinger. Bill is WSU's Dryland Cropping Systems Agronomist. He is based at the WSU Lynn Dryland Research Station. Bill conducts long-term cropping systems field experiments and also short-duration field and laboratory studies. Prior to joining WSU, Bill worked in agricultural development projects for 10 years in Asia and Africa with the U.S. Peace Corps and the U.S. Agency for International Development. He has also conducted numerous short-term consultancies around the world for the World Bank, USAID, and the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. Hello, Bill. Hi, Drew. So, Bill, today we want to discuss some work you recently finished up on winter wheat's double height effects on soil water capture and retention during long-term fallow. Which, which is a topic in a year like this that is really of uh, a great deal of interest and importance, I'm sure. Can, can, can you tell us a little bit about the study and what the objectives were and why the research, you think the research is important? Uh, sure. Well, this was a, a four-year study conducted near Ritzville, Washington, on Derek Schaefer's farm. Uh, Derek and a couple other area farmers had purchased stripper headers for their combines uh, stripper headers are rotatings, or they have rotating motors with eight rows of fingers that strip off the wheat heads and leave uh, just, or, or essentially the entire plant stand or plant stem standing and anchored to the ground. So we were interested in what effect the tall stubble would have on water storage in the soil over winter, as well as evaporation of the soil water during the hot, dry summer months that precede winter wheat seeding. And by long follow, I mean the typical 13-month follow period between harvest of winter wheat in late July and uh, then taking it through the next year to the late August, right before seeding wheat. That's 13 months. Uh, we were also interest, interested in what effects tall stubble would have on soil temperature during the hot June through August period at the end of follow and how this might tie into, soil water, into the soil water story. So uh, Derek and I would select a good location each year over the four years. Uh, and this was a different location on his farm each year, obviously. It's wheat follow, so we had to move it around. Uh, and he would harvest the area with a stripper header, record the grain yield. And then we would come in um, with uh, our Lynn Station commercial combine with a conventional header and cut it at two heights, either 10 inches uh, which is fairly typical for what farmers do. And the other one, we shaved it as close to the ground as possible. And so we ended up with three uh, stubble height treatments. Uh, the tall stubble, um, again, that's just clipping the heads off the wheat, uh, was 30 inches tall on average. Uh, and then we had the 10 inch stubble and uh, the shaved ground ended up with about three inches of stubble. And we had all, four replicates of all treatments and uh, Importantly, this was chem follow, you know, so there was no tillage done. 
uh, during the entire follow, and weeds were controlled with herbicides. Okay, so so you have these three different stubble heights um, in four different years. What what measurements did you take uh, in these studies? Well, right after uh, wheat harvest, which is, of course, the beginning of follow, uh, we measured soil volumetric water content in all the plots in six-inch increments to a depth of six feet. And we did the same thing in early April to measure the overwinter uh, precipitation capture in the soil. And again, at the end of follow, right before Derek uh, seeded the next crop. And uh, additionally, uh, we also measured uh, seed zone volumetric water content in one-inch increments uh, to a depth of 13 inches right before Derek planted wheat. And then uh, for uh, soil temperature, uh, my co-investigator, Stuart Wiest, with the USDA Agricultural Research Service in Pendleton, Oregon, uh, he installed soil temperature sensors in the treatments for uh, from the near surface all the way down to 16 inches below the surface. And these sensors recorded soil temperature every five minutes. So uh, he again, he, he installed these in mid-June and then left them in the ground until the end of August. Okay, so that's uh, a lot of data actually that you collected from these these plots. Yeah, quite a bit. Okay, yeah. so uh, after you collected all of that and took a look at it, what what were your key findings from the work? Well, our our findings varied by year depending on the type of uh, winter weather we had, and uh, the amount of stubble that we started off with was that was also important. And uh, during these four years, our start off point. Um, for uh, stubble uh, or Derek's wheat uh, grain yield, that ranged from 28 bushels to 90 bushels per acre. Uh, and the four year average for that was 62 bushels per acre. So we had one uh, drought year and three uh, really good years. And then the, the, so the starting residue level during the four years ranged all the way from 2,300 pounds per acre to 7,600 pounds per acre. And, you know, and after the bad crop, the first year, uh, we measured uh, no differences in overwinter water storage in the, in the, in the soil at all. Uh, it was an open winter and very little snow. Uh, however, the next year, uh, there was lots of stubble and lots of snow. And th in that year, uh, the tall and medium stubble had way more soil water in April than the short stubble. And the same thing again happened in uh, the winter of uh, 2019 uh, when there was lots of drifting snow. So, however, uh, uh, when we did the final soil and moisture measurements at the end of follow, we found that way more water had evaporated from the tall and medium stubble than from the short stubble. And the most over summer water loss was in the tall stubble. And that really surprised us. Uh, the short stubble had the entire surface covered with flattened stubble, which really made a difference. So... After the second year, again, uh, the second year was that big winter with uh, with a lot of snow uh, where we found those huge differences. We put our heads together and said, well, uh, maybe the best management practice is to leave the residue stall tall during the winter and then uh, mow it before the weather gets hot. And so for the final two years, we added that uh, treatment, you know, mow the tall stubble in June. So for the final two years, we had four treatments. Now, Stuart Wiest's soil temperature data proved to be very interesting. We found that temperatures, both daytime and nighttime soil temperatures, were several degrees cooler where we had the flattened stubble. 
we found, and we found this all the way down to 16 inches. You know, it's quite deep. That, and that surprised us as well, too. And the coolest soil temperatures were in the, in the soil, uh, short stubble, followed by the mode, then the 10 inch, and then the tall stubble. Uh, you could really, and you could really see the temperature heat spike in the middle of a clear summer day in the tall stubble where that sun was directly overhead. And keep, keep in mind this tall stubble, uh, it's all pretty much all standing vertical and there's no residue horizontal on the, on the ground. Um, and this also affected seed zone moisture at the end of follow as well. The short stubble tended to have the most moisture in the seed zone. So I guess, Drew, the bottom line on our findings was that averaged over the four years, by the end of follow, the best soil moisture in the six-foot profile was pretty much a wash. That's interesting because, you know, um, back when I was in Nebraska, we were looking at stripper headers and uh, I would say we got a different result, but then we're a summer rainfall zone and, and here you get very little rain in the summer. So having that um, residue laying flat, I could see where that would really help more here than it would in a place like Western Nebraska where you get rains mm -hmm. in the summer. Yeah. So the big advantage of the tall uh, stubble was, uh, uh, you know, that overwinter storage. Yeah, that snow capture. Yeah, but then it, it it sort of fell down uh, during the summer, and uh, over averaged over the four years, Drew, there were very few differences in the amount of soil uh, soil water in the six foot profile at the end of follow. Although the ten inch stubble was the best, and the ten inch stubble is of course a mixture of standing and flat. And as for that mode treatment uh, that we had the final two years, right. uh, we, we saw, saw no reduction in summer water loss compared to the 10-inch uh, uh, stubble or the tall stubble. And uh, we don't really know why that happened, uh, but we speculate that this may be because, although completely covering the ground, just like the short stubble, the residue had not been in contact with the soil, like the short stubble where it gone through a winter with rain and uh, snow pressing it down, which was completely flattened on the ground. So, uh, so anyway, those are our uh, findings in a nutshell. Very interesting that this a couple of those things I wouldn't have guessed uh, going yeah. into it. And yeah, we were surprised too, Drew. <laughs> well, that's, that's why you do research, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, I guess so. So, so from the, the farmer standpoint, uh, you've told us what you found in your experiment. What, what From the farmer standpoint, what are the pros and cons of tall stubble? Yeah, well, Derek uh, Schaefer is a very uh, insightful uh, farmer. And uh, he had some, uh, which he shared with us, and uh, uh, I, I thought were very interesting. First, the pros. Um, uh, he can really cut some acres with a stripper header versus a conventional header. You know, he estimated 30 to 40% more land area per day, uh, which uh, would agree with the literature that we see out of the Great Plains. Uh, and so, you know, you figure with a four-year average of 62 bushels an acre, uh, that 36-foot wide stripper header uh, on his uh, combine would cut 160 acres a day versus only uh, 115 acres a day with a conventional header with of the same 36-foot uh, width. And another big advantage was the uh, uh, much less wear on the combine's internal separation 
components because you're not passing any straw through. You're just passing uh, heads and chaff. So, and the cons, um, there's a couple. Uh, the, uh, well, the tall stubble is very difficult to seed through with deep furrow drills without plugging. Uh, you can do it with uh, lesser amounts of residue, but you know our average here was 62. And uh, we don't have a deep furrow drill yet that can pass through 30-inch tall 62 bushel stubble. Maybe we'll get there. Um, so what Derek did to deal with this is he made two or three passes over the ground prior to seeding with what's called a super coulter, which is just a big, large coulter, fluted, uh, vertical, and uh, operated about seven miles an hour. You can fly over the ground pretty fast with that, and that would cut the, the straw into small pieces. Uh, another con, um, according to Derek, was the repair and maintenance costs for the stripper header. Uh, those fingers, those rotating fingers that grab and detach, detach the wheat heads uh, uh, need to be, re be replaced about every 5,000 acres. And that costs about $7,000 for those fingers. Plus, it takes two people, uh, uh, two very long days to accomplish that task. Oh, really? Okay. And then, yeah. And so uh, that and then finally, uh, the tall stubble causes uh, accelerated wear. I was surprised to hear this. The tall stubble uh, causes accelerated wear to the undersides of combines, tractors, sprayers, seed drills and what have you by by rubbing through the wiring harnesses and hydraulic lines. So yeah, that's another one I wouldn't have uh, foreseen. So, <laughs> the bottom line on this, Drew, uh, was um, there were three. Uh, well three farmers in Adams County who had stripper headers. They don't have them anymore. Uh, but I know a farmer in the horse heavens where they produce very little residue. He has one and doing fine. I know also know a farmer uh, in the intermediate region and he's doing fine too, but he's seeding with a disc drill. You can see through lots of residue with the disc drill. Okay. Very interesting results. Uh, some of which I would have guessed and some I wouldn't have. So, Again, that's uh, that's why we do this kind of research and the, your ability to do it for four years and capture some of those uh, different years was pretty key to it as well. And we would have kept doing it probably true, but the stripper header went away. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so uh, if people want to learn more about this study, uh, I assume you're publishing it in a journal. Is it going to be available any other place that people can read about this? Um, yeah, we hope to, uh, and it will be uh, published. It has just been accepted uh, in uh, the journal called Agricultural Water Management, so we're pleased with that. Um, and I guess that the, if uh, the the key takeaway message from this were, and, and I would hope to make it in a, an extension format uh, with English units, uh, you know, for farmers. But uh, three key, uh, key takeaways, I guess, is. Uh, uh, medium and tall stubble there that, you know, they had the, the best overwinter soil water storage, uh, that, it, that, you know, significantly exceeded that of the short stubble, uh, particularly in those two winters I referred to with the heavy snow and, and the snow drifting. Um, and, uh, surprisingly, there was no advantage to mowing the tall stubble in mid June. Um, and, uh, and during the, the high, uh, evaporate, uh, evaporative demand in the summer, uh, the tall stubble, that water really went. It's significantly more water evaporated uh, compared to the medium and short treatments. And again, presumably because there was no horizontal residue in the tall treatment. And uh, so 
uh, finally, our study showed that uh, that 10 inch tall stubble, which is a mixture of standing and uh, flat, which is pretty much what the farmers are practicing now, um, is probably the uh, best management practice for uh, storing water in follow. Uh, I can hear a lot of farmers uh, sighing a sigh of relief that they uh, <laughs> can, can continue on and not have to go purchase uh, some new equipment to uh, try to capture more of that very valuable water, which is in great short supply this year. <laughs> yeah, and every year it seems to be <laughs> yes. in somewhat short supply That's yeah, true. on the dry land. <laughs> it always is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Bill, thank you for taking some time to share the results of this interesting study with our listeners. I appreciate you doing that for us. Well, thanks for having me, Drew. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications in the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.